You know, I love when God orchestrates things and uh, just puts things in, in order. Even as the songs, as we've worshiped this morning, I, I just sensed that what God's been speaking to my heart was being sung out to the Lord and over, um, and over this church, over this congregation. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about things being done out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. And so as we worship today, I believe God's already been uh, proclaiming, proclaiming the message. And, and, and just very simply, the thing that I want to pass on um, this Father's Day is that I believe that God wants more for us. I really do. I believe that God wants to give us more, to impart more into us as dads, into us as fathers, and then to see that go on uh, to, through us to other people, to our sons, to daughters, to, uh, to grandchildren, to nations and generations. I, I just, I mean, I just really, really, really um, believe that. And, and I'm, so, um, I'm so excited as I look around, and I know most of, many of the dads that are here this morning, and, and I want to be somebody here to Today. We're not here to beat up on dads, and uh, man, society does a pretty good job of that and being derogatory towards dads and, and uh, kind of tearing them down. But let me tell you, even the, that's, that's changing. Society is realizing how important dads are, how important their influence is, and what they pour into their sons and daughters, how that impacts uh, just generations to come. So, so once again, dads, I, I want to say we are for you. What I want you to do this morning, if you're sitting beside a dad there, just reach over and give him a big pat on the back. Tell him, say, way to go, Dad. You're doing a great job. We're proud of you. Okay. I'll tell you, and, um, and I, believe the, I believe the job's not done. And for us to give, we must first receive. And one of the things the Lord's been speaking to me just uh, over and over in a number of different areas is that... Um, is that you know what, that, that as much as we want the best for our children, we want to give them our best, we want to, we want to pour our best into them, that, that children and, and really people don't need our best, they need God's best. And so for us to be able to give them God's best, I believe that we've got to be able to receive God's best. And for some of us to receive, that means we've got to remove some limitations, um, a couple of weeks ago, we were at the house, and uh, Jack and Noah were uh, there at the house, and, and they were doing, uh, I'd already made the, um, the essential grandpa run of the morning, you know, so when they come over, it's head to the donut shop, chocolate-covered, sprinkled donut, uh, you know, a pig in a blanket, and uh, you who How many people say, that's just got to be the, the meal of heaven right there, right? Woo! So... Uh, and so um, they had, I'd come over, I'd, I'd run to the donut shop, and I was on my way back, and I noticed that one of the homes in our neighborhood was having a yard sale. Now, I'm not a really big yard sale person, but this yard sale looked like it had a lot of kids' stuff and bicycles and toys and games and things. And so uh, they were sitting and uh, they were watching one of their favorite uh, television shows. I don't know if it was Paw Patrol or one of the... How many Any Paw Patrol lovers in here? So, Yes, yes, man, I'm telling you, there's some great stuff. There's some great stuff that you can learn through these programs. But... Uh, so I came in, I said, oh, hey guys, come on, get, get up, we're, we're going to go to, we're going to go down here to the yard sale. How, how, can you imagine how that was greeted? Donut, pig in a blanket, and cartoons on television, yard sale. I'm saying, no, no, come on, you need to, you need to go, you need to go, it's going to be really, really, 
Has anybody ever tried to sell that kind of an idea to somebody like, man, it's really going to be fantastic. It's going to be great for you. It's going to be, I don't know, what I've got right here is pretty good. You know, <laughs> I mean, and I'm not sure I want to make that trade. Anyhow, uh, pride them, drag them out of the house, kicking and screaming. I want to stay and watch Paw Patrol, you know, it's kicking and screaming. And so though, but then we get down there. And I was going to use this as an illustration this morning, but um, I, I left the gun home and it was uh, probably a good idea. But So we go down there and we're, we're shopping and all of a sudden Jack sees this toy and it's a gun that's about this long. And I don't know if you've seen these little darts or jarts type of things, that uh, these guns that shoot them out. I'm telling you guys, I don't know where this toy was when we were growing up. And of course, it's never too young to put a gun in a kid's hand, right? I mean, so... It, this thing shoots, it's got, a, it's got a belt on it, and it's got like 20 of these, and it goes, da 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 and all of a sudden these, well, man, he has carried that around with it, he stayed in the house, we, we, Yvette said she went in to check on him while he was taking his nap, and he, had his, he was asleep with his finger on the trigger, I thought, man, <laughs> that boy is Texan to the heart, right, so... But you know, the, the thing was that if he had not, if we hadn't been able to drag him away from where he was and what he thought was so wonderful and so great, he would have never experienced something better. And, and, and it was one of those things where I had to use that and says, hey, you know, grandson here, hey, bud, trust me. Will you trust me that my intention really is to bring something, to see you experience something that's better than what you've got right now. Can I tell you this morning that I believe that God is saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me enough to take the next step, to, 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 to open your hearts up, to open your lives up, to receive something new, something fresh from me, something maybe a little different? But how many people know God's always got better for us? He's always got better. Anybody want to do that today? Say, God, if you've got something better, I want to receive your better today. I want to receive your better. Well, why don't we do it one more time? Just lift our hands and just say, God, we really do today. We come and we, we, we just, um, we empty, God, everything else out of our hearts and minds. And, and God, we say today, we want to receive better from you. We want to receive better in every way that you can pour into us and you can pour through us everything, everything that you want to do, everything that you have for us in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. I'm, uh, I'm going to kind of abbreviate some things here this morning. Oh, thank you. I, I thought, woo, hallelujah, right? Uh, uh, but uh, I do want to point out just some things that I believe that the Lord has been showing me and just going to some points here um, that I, the, what God does of what he gave, gives us, how he pours into our lives and then how we can pour into uh, the lives of our children and grandchildren and other generations. So the first thing I want to share is that the Father, he gives us this personhood, all right? Let's look at Genesis chapter 1. <clears throat> in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over all the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis chapter 2 says, and the Lord God, it's kind of the same. We're here reading about the same story, just kind of different, um, different perspectives on it. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. 
and the man became a living being. Genesis 5 says that in, um, God created man and he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them, <coughs> excuse me, and called them mankind in the day that they were created. So the bottom line here is that God created man. He takes the dust to the ground. He forms man. And um, then he does something. He doesn't just make man. And uh, I think this is a good message for our world today, that it's one thing to be a part of the procreation of children. Okay, this is what God does. He creates children, but he doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop there. He doesn't just make children and abandon children. He doesn't just make children and leave children, okay? He stays engaged. And the scripture says here that after he formed them of the dust of the ground, then he breathed into them the very substance of his being. He breathed into them life. He sowed life into them. So I want to just very, just kind of sum this up by saying that God made man but then he also sustained man. And as fathers, we can receive everything. We've got to continually look to God, our Father, to receive from him so that we can continually pour into the lives of our children, just birthing them, just keeping them them changed, their clothes changed. I mean, just, no, we've got to be pouring into their lives. You see, I think one of the things here is that... um, is that we pour in what God was really doing when he breathed into man to this creation of this dirt and dust and he formed and fashioned. He's breathing in his identity. I mean, he really is. He's giving his DNA, okay? There there wasn't any life there until he poured into them. There, There was form, but there wasn't life. And so he breathes his DNA into them and he gives them image. Guys, without going too far about this, let me just say that, that dads, even science uh, says that, that identity comes from the contribution of the father. It really does. The father shaped the identity. But guys, we don't want to stop at just shaping whether it's male or female identity. We want to continue to pour identity into our children that, of who they are, of, of, of what, what God can do in their life, of, of, of how much value there is to them. So we're pouring our lives, we're pouring our, our hearts into our children to help establish their identity so they will understand that they're loved and that they're valued and that they're cared for and that God's got a plan for them and that God's going to use them for great things. Come on now, church. Is that what God's going to do through our kids and through our children and through our grandchildren? That's exactly what he wants to do. But fathers, I'm telling you, don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity to pour in, to pour in. And I hope we can get this because what I see is that God took something, he took this dirt and, and dirt doesn't have a lot of value, okay? It may have been maybe worthless, and, and, it's, and it's limited in what it's going to do. Maybe you plant some seeds in it and water it and some stu- stuff grows, but it, it just really doesn't have any value. It's finite. And then all of a sudden, Father comes and he breathes into that dirt, and you know what he is? He takes something that's worthless, and all of a sudden, he makes it priceless, 
He takes something that's, that's limited and he now he makes it, he just says the potential's unlimited. And, and, and I'm telling you, dads, we've got to be calling these things, we get to call these things up into our children when society says, you're no good, you're a loser, you're never going to amount to anything. We've got dads that are looking into and pouring into their, their children's hearts and saying, that's not true. You unlimited potential. From, right who, from who you are and where you are, you can impact nations and you can touch the generation generations, and you can bring glory and honor to God. Amen? So we get an amazing privilege. We get an amazing privilege to pour, to pour into the lives of our children. Why? Because God pours into us. He pours into us. I wrote this, I'm, I'm, I wrote this note. I'm not going to say this in my message today. I'm just going to read what's in my notes. It says, if you're not pouring out your life for and into your children, you're sacrificing, you are then sacrificing your family on an altar of selfishness. We've only got two options, guys. Either we're going to pour our life out and believe God to refill, refresh, renew us, okay? Or we're going to sacrifice those families. We're going to sacrifice the heritage for our own benefit. Amen? So aren't you glad that God gives us personhood? Amen? Amen. Second thing that God does, the Father does, he gives us a place and a purpose, Genesis chapter 2 said, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the dry ground the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant for the sight of for the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, I know this is going to sound very simplistic, but, but I hope that we can catch this this morning, is that before God ever created man, he had made room for him. You know, I wonder how many times that, that fatherhood comes along, and, but we never make room for our children in our lives. How many times do we stay so preoccupied with, with what we're doing and what's, we, what, what's happiness or what makes, you know, is fun for us that we never see that there's an incredible opportunity to make room for our children? You know, God made room for his children. He made room for them to be an active part of the family. I love this. God goes and he makes this entire garden and he, he creates all of these trees and he provides all of the substance for them. And then he says, hey, listen, you're going to come and you're going to get to live in the garden. You're going to work in the garden. You're going to be part of the family. You're going to, have, you're going to be an active part of the family. You're going to be a welcome part of the family. You're not going to be an obscure part of the family. You're not going to be pushed to the side. You're not going to be ignored. You're not going to be ne neglected. You're not going to be rejected. You're not going to be orphaned because you're my child. And can I tell you today that that's what God is saying to each and every one of us. He's saying, there's room in my house for you. There's room in my family for you. There's room in my kingdom for you. And when you come into his house, you know what he did? He put them in a safe place. He put them in a safe environment. He put them in a place where they weren't going to, to be, um, they weren't going to be abused he put them into a place where they were going to be able to flourish and where they were going to be able to thrive. And, and I know this goes without saying in this congregation today, but can I tell you that, that fathers, that God has appointed us to be the protectors of children. 
He's called us to be the protectors. And when we read about him, when we hear about what's going on, and can I tell you that when, it's not about just physical abuse or sexual abuse. Can I tell you there's way too much emotional abuse that goes on. There's way too much abandonment that goes on even in homes where the father's present. They, take, they come home and check out. And that's what God says, hey, that's not what, uh, that's not what I do. That's not what you're gonna do. So fathers create an atmosphere I was talking, Mark and I were talking last night, and I was describing how that for years we have talked about uh, spiritual authority, and, and we were talking about how that some people think authority means control, and some think, people think that authority means I'm the, the boss and my way or the highway and you know all that kind of stuff, and we've described through the years that authority is not about control, that authority is about covering Authority is about covering, an, uh, it's about providing an atmosphere, spiritual authority of a, of a husband over a wife or, or a father over his children, over his family. It's not about controlling the family and getting the family to do and be and everything that, that, that he wants. I was in a, a counseling session just a couple of weeks ago and this person was telling me, they said, um, please pray, they're going through struggles. How many people know that, do you know there's people that are going through struggles you recognize that, that there's people, maybe the person that you're sitting beside, that, man, they smile well and smell good and stuff, but there's still struggles that are going on in relationships. And, and folks, I'm just telling you, we need to pray one for another. We need to just encourage one another. Amen. So this uh, young lady said, I said, I don't know what to do. My husband, he said, all he wants to do is he says, he, he dictates to me and tells me that when I walk in the door, I want, the, I want to be able to smell the food cooking on the stove. I, he said, I pay the bills. I do the work. You take care of the house. House, you take care of the kids, you do, you do this, and when I eat, and then I'm not going to help clean up, and I'm, how many people know this guy is an idiot, all right, so, all right, he's, I mean, he, he, there's no other word to say it, that, that's not fatherhood, that's not manhood, that's not, that's, listen to me, that's not what a man is, and that's not what a man does, and one of the greatest way that as fathers and as men that we create an atmosphere of covering is by the way that we serve our families, the way that we serve our wives, the way that we serve our children, the way that we encourage them and bless them. Amen? Yeah. Amen. I um, heard this statement a few weeks ago, and so I don't remember who said this, but whoever said it, I love it. It said that the father's number one responsibility is to create an atmosphere of joy in your home. I think that's a great. I think that's a great admonition from the Lord. Do you create when you when you come home when you when you walk in the door? Do, is it like Dad's home and a sense of joy? And I'm not talking about utter chaos. I mean that's. Uh, but I'm. Uh, I, I used to get in trouble for that kind of thing. But but I mean, is, is it or is it all oh, no? Oh no! Now we've got to straighten up, straight, clean up, you know, fix up and all that. Is it, man, we got to cater to, no, that's not what it's about. We get the opportunity. We get the opportunity, I would say, to create an atmosphere and joy. And I'd go a step beyond that and say, fathers, our responsibility, our privilege, our opportunity is to create the atmosphere of heaven in our homes. Amen? How about if every father, every man of God did that in their home? And so we've got little pockets of heaven that not just when we come together in church, but in every neighborhood, there's a representation of the, of the kingdom of God where love and joy and peace and, and the righteousness of God and the goodness of God flows through the homes because that's the atmosphere that father said. Amen? 
That's the atmosphere our Father sets for us. So God uh, provides a place for us to grow. He provides for a, a place for us to mature and, and so that we, could, um, that we could reproduce. You know that? I mean, hey, listen, you know what? In God's house, in God's kingdom, when God created the garden, you know what? They, people never had to worry about what they were going to eat, what they were, what they were going to wear. I mean, that problem was pretty easy until the fall, right? So, um, okay. Luke 12 says this. It says, that um, do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. I, I don't know about you, but it seems like to me that there's way too much anxiety that's going on in our world about just the basic necessities of life. Now, I don't know if we've just got a wrong expectation. Maybe we think we should live at a higher standard of life than we really need to live at. When you look at pictures of missionaries and you see some of the things, maybe we need to adjust our, our wants and our needs. But can I tell you, fathers, we need to be sure that the basic necessities of life are provided in every home for every child so that they can flourish in every other thing God wants to do in and through their lives. Amen? Amen. Uh, so God gives them a place and he gives them a purpose. What was the purpose? Everybody, did you read it? Work, right? <laughs> Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden and, uh, to tend it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded of the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. I love this. I love this. Sometimes we, I think we, we don't get the right picture. God set a smorgasbord, a buffet, right? Anybody going to eat lunch today? Woo! Nobody's going to eat lunch today? Okay. I, they, when they called this morning, and, and let me say this, thank you to everybody, the whole team. You guys did an exceptional job. When our team got here this morning, the lights, the power was off. Uh, there was water coming in <coughs> through the, the back area back there. So uh, guys, be careful back, back there in the back. But thank you all for doing an exceptional job of getting things ready for us to worship. And so Chris uh, told me, he said, hey man, the power's off at the church and the power's off on the loop. I said, wait a minute, the power's off at the church, that's really bad, but power's off the loop, we're supposed to go to Mercado's for lunch today. <laughs> I mean, Lord, <laughs> right, let's, I mean, okay, God, woo, now you gotta move, right? Now you gotta move. <laughs> so, <clears throat> work, work. Work, work. I, I, I had a whole bunch to say here, but can I tell you that um, I, I think in millennials, if you're in that millennial group, I, I want to apologize to you. You guys get, you get hit, you get wrapped on about, uh, about not having a good work ethic. And can I, can I tell you, I don't believe that's true. I, I mean, I just really don't believe it's true. It's not what I see. But you know what I do see? I see that so many people have never been taught a good work ethic. And now, now, two things about work ethic. One thing is, being a workaholic does not make mean you have a good work ethic. Come on, pastor, I preach there, right? Let me say it again. Okay, being a workaholic is not having a good work ethic. Because sometimes being a workaholic means that you're hiding yourself from your real responsibility of being able to be a father that creates an atmosphere in your home. Amen? So it's, but it's teaching a good work ethic. It's, it's showing them that, hey, listen, when you put forth effort, you're going to receive reward for it. You're going to be able to eat of the labor, of the fruit of your labor. And this is what God is saying to us. I give you the privilege. I give you the honor of participating in the family business so that you can be blessed. Amen. 
So he says, work, the, work, work, work. Have a good work ethic. And then he says, and learn how to operate in the realm of authority. Okay, we just talked about authority, but God tells the, the, the Adam and Eve there, he says, listen, you are to have dominion. Dominion. Everybody say dominion. Okay, you're to have dominion over all of creation. You're to exercise authority over it. You, you, you need to learn how to, to conduct yourself properly and, and not be influenced by the elements and not be influenced by the world and not be influenced by the things that you're, that you're engaging with, but be an influence on them. Amen? So you are to subdue it. You're to have dominion and to have authority and to know that when we work, guys, listen, when we work righteously, when we work and keep our lives in right order, okay, we don't, we, we, we don't spend ourselves completely at work and come home and, be, and are so exhausted that we're not any good to our families, amen? We go work and we, and we talk about what a privilege it is to work. And when we come home, we say, I'm so glad that I got to work today because then when I, when I come home now, I've been able to provide for my family so that we can exemplify the order of the kingdom of God here on earth, amen? So you all know that there's a scripture. You know, God is a worker, right? Uh, this was an interesting scripture to me. John chapter 5, 17. Jesus is saying, listen to this. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus says, my father is always working and so am I. God works and Jesus works and we get to work. We get to work on jobs and then we get to come home and work in our families and for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, and I just I'll, I'll want to wrap up with this, this final thing that God gives us and that God's wanting to pour into us to a new degree. It's this, that God, okay, Father God, he gives us his presence. I thought it was interesting, some of the songs we say, his presence, that he gives us his presence. In uh, Genesis chapter three, verse eight, it says, talks about Adam and Eve. It says, then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. You see, one of the first results of sin was that, that, that man, listen to this, man backed up from God. Adam and Eve, mankind, moved back from God. There was, there was an awareness of their nakedness. They were aware that they had, had rejected all of this that God had given them for what he had said no to because they chose they chose disobedience, they chose sin. It really did, it killed something in them. It killed, uh, and I believe one of the great things it killed was that ability to be naive and to be innocent in the presence of God. But listen to this, the rest of the scripture says this. Now, how many people know that God knows everything? You know God knows everything? I, I, don't, I can't imagine what went on in the heart of Almighty God when he had prepared a place He'd created and formed and fashioned these human beings. He had breathed his DNA into them. He'd made this amazing place for them, given them more than they could have ever wanted. And in one act, they, they reject him. They reject his goodness. They reject everything that he's done for them. I, I don't know. As a father, have you ever had your heart broken? <laughs> And I, I don't know about you, I wish that I could say that every time something difficult had happened in my life, that I always handled it rightly, that I always stepped into it in a right way. Um, I would be lying if I said that. 
But I love what God does here. Knowing that they have sinned, knowing that they, in God knowing history, knowing what the curse of sin would do and the price that it would cost him of his own son, Jesus Christ. Listen to this. You know what he does? The Bible says he comes walking in the cool of the evening, looking for Adam and for Eve, looking for his children. Can can I tell you, God's not hiding himself from you. And and, and listen to me, no matter what you've done, no 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 matter where you've been, Listen, look at me, guys. Let me see your eyes today. I'm telling you that no matter how deep you have gone, how, how, how much hurt and how much pain, and no matter how far you've pulled back from God, can I tell you that today that you have the God of heaven, the Father of all man, that steps out and says, I still want to be in your presence. I still love you. I still care for you. If you read the scripture, you find out this, that not only does he love them and care for them, but you know what he does? He sees their need. He says, hey, listen, who told you that you were naked? And and, and look, you've tried to cover yourselves with leaves and and that's never going to be an appropriate cover. It's never going to meet your need. And, And he says, here, because I love you so much, because you're in my image because of, of who you are. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide a covering for you that will really work. Because he takes of animals and sheds blood and he makes for them a covering. I, I want to tell you this, that, that God's not holding back his presence from us. We, we need to get this. More, we sang it, more of your presence, God. Fathers, if there's anything we need today, it's more of his presence. I don't know about you, but I've got some some points where I could really live in shame when it comes to being a man, a husband, a father. I've got some points where 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 I've blown it and, and I've failed. And at times, anybody ever hidden from God and just kind of put God at arm's length? And can I tell you, aren't you glad that we have a God that just continues to pursue us? He continues to come after us. He continues to step into where we are. And sometimes, listen, because you get uncomfortable in the presence of God doesn't mean that God's rejecting you. I believe it means that he's calling you. He's reaching out to you. He's drawing you close. And no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter matter how far you've been gone, can I tell you that today, Almighty Father God, stepping right to where you are and saying, son, daughter, child of mine, I care for you. I love you. I want to come and I want to cover you. I want to provide for you. I want to just be, I want you to be in my presence. I want to be in your presence. And dads, can I tell you one of the greatest, listen, one of the greatest gifts you can give, one of the greatest gifts you can give to your family is your presence, is be there, okay? I've said before that a lot of times people are in the building, but they're not really there. Your kids need your presence. They need just to walk beside you. They need to take that ride with you in the car. They need to go to Dairy Queen with you. Hallelujah. And in the same way they need our presence, we need His presence. And I tell you that He's ready to pour out 
forgiveness and healing. He's ready to do miracles in you so that he can impact nations and generations through you. You receive that this morning. Will you stand with me, please? I want to tell you today that no offense. Listen, somehow or another, this gets twisted. We believe that our sin is greater than God's love. Adam and Eve believed that their failure was greater than God's ability to, to reach them. I tell you, that's never true. Nothing is greater than God's love. Nothing is greater than God's care for you. Sin may cost you some loss in your life, but it does not limit God's ability to work in your life. It doesn't, it doesn't limit His ability to bring healing or to bring deliverance. It doesn't, listen, no matter how many times you failed, and, and I, I really do, I believe this is a word from somebody, no matter how many times you failed, it doesn't limit God's purpose and God's plan for your life. There may be somebody that heard that word about a missionary and said, yeah, I remember when I wanted to be a missionary, but I've blown it and I've failed. And a couple of weeks ago, I was in a meeting and uh, a man was uh, going through this process and he just described me. He says, well, I'd always wanted to do this, to be in this kind of a ministry, but early in my life, I made a mistake. I, I got married and divorced and in his setting, that divorce meant that he couldn't ever be in that position of ministry that he wanted to be in. And I could really feel myself beginning to just start to, to weep that, that this man would believe that his failure could limit God's purpose for his life. And I'm here to tell you today that no matter how bad you've blown it, no matter how much you've messed up, no matter how far you are today from God, that God's reaching out to you and saying, I am able to fulfill my purposes. I'm able to fulfill my plans. I'm able to mold you and shape you and make you and equip you to accomplish great things in the kingdom of God.